Dan had asked me to come up here because I'm a mom. Fancy that. And I have a mother. Fancy that. My mom died about eight years ago. And I'm just going to take off my shoes and relax for a second. Um, because I really want to talk to you real. Um, he asked me up here because I'm a mom and I waited 38 years to be a mom. And I have two wonderful stepchildren and I have one natural child, Peter. And yeah, woo, Peter, he's an awesome kid. <laughs> but like I said, my mom died eight years ago and I still miss her today. Um, so I was going to talk to you all about being a mom and honoring a mom. And as you guys know, some of you know that I have come back from a Catholic background, so they really honor moms and they uh, over-honor um, the Virgin Mary. <clears throat> so I was thinking, okay, what can I say? What can I do? What could I talk about that honors moms? And nothing came. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and nothing came. And I'm like, okay. And I read scripture and nothing came. And then I looked at what the series was. And it was um, God speaks and promises a savior. Now, for any of the you who do not know, my mom was born and raised in a Catholic church all of her life. But today I have the assurance that she is in heaven because she believed in Jesus Christ. And you know how she came to know Jesus Christ? She was in a small group with me and she heard the good news. And so I have like a trillion notes here about all of the promises of God and how he is whispered throughout all of Scripture. But you know what? Anyone who knows me knows that I'm really not a good teacher. When it comes to facts and figures, pff, they're out of my mind. But the one thing I do know is that we have a Savior who is good. And because of that Savior, my mom is in heaven today. So I couldn't get excited about any of these facts and figures. I couldn't get excited about any of, well, the fact that there are like 300 different scriptures that calls and tells us that there is a Savior, and yet some people do not believe it. But what I could get excited about was Romans 10. Oh, and anybody else who knows me knows that I'm like, Squirrel, over there. So although I'm not good with facts and figures and all kinds of statistics and all kinds of that, I have a love for God. And anybody who has ever encountered me knows that I love people. Does anybody in here know that I do not love them? Or that I do love them? Or feels that I do not love them? Pete, you don't think I love you? He's my son. He's my son. Ah, see how he is? 
But most people who encounter me know that I love to be with people. I love to talk to people. I love to just hang with people. And so, it is out of that love that I want to read this scripture. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same law, Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who is called on the name of Jesus will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So I could not get excited about all of the statistics and facts or anything like that. But what I did get excited about this morning as I was thinking about the messages, guess what I get to do? I get to bring the good news. I get to bring the hope. I get to tell you about the Savior that is coming and will come again. He came and he will come again. That's why the Jews do not recognize Jesus as Savior. Although there's like 300 scriptures that talk about the coming Messiah. There are 60 scriptures that talk about specifics of his death, burial, and resurrection. The Jews had all of this, but they did not believe. Why? Because they didn't hear the whisper of him spoken all through it. They were expecting Jesus to come or the Messiah to come with fanfare and loudness and trumpets and all kinds of ways in which he just blasts in and saves them and all is good. But how did he come? He come, he came as a mild, meek baby who needed to be cared for before he could care for us. He was a baby who came humbly and uh, without any fanfare, without any trumpets. Well, okay, the angels did declare him. But, <laughs> but they, he didn't come the way that they had expected. So they missed him. 
And today, when I was preparing, this week as I was reading and preparing, I almost missed what was most important. That God speaks. God speaks, not always in the loud voice, thunder of voice, but sometimes in a whisper. And when he speaks in that whisper, we sometimes miss it. And I almost miss the most important part of this message, that he speaks and promises a Savior, promises the hope, promises what is to come. And the Israelites could go through being slaves and a bunch of other things because they had that hope. And sometimes we do not hear that. We do not hear the hope that is in Jesus Christ. We do not hear our Savior calling us. We do not hear the whisper of his voice. In the Old Testament, the hero that is, is predicted. In the gospel, he is revealed. In the book of Acts, he is preached. In the apostles in, in le, or the epistles and letters, the hero is explained. In the book of Revelations, he is expected to come again in glory and in power. Our hero did not come in the fashion that some had thought, and they did not recognize him. What does excite me is that in all of those 300 scriptures, there are about 60 that are so fascinating that depicts Jesus so well. But they are strewn throughout the Bible. There is not um, in one place to just say, hey, this is Jesus, until we come to Isaiah 53. And then we see a lot of who Jesus is, or the Messiah is, and Jesus, and Jesus being able to be revealed. But he wasn't revealed as this triumphant king that was going to come as everybody thought. He came as a suffering servant and as our substitute. So before time, God had planned that we would be needing a substitution for our sins. Somebody who was going to replace and do what we could not do for ourselves. And that is to wipe away the sins that came through Adam. But our suffering servant came and was revealed in Isaiah. Do you know that the Jews believe that Mary was the son, or Mary's son was Jesus, and he was a teacher, and many of his disciples were respected and preferred and performed miracles? And the Muslims believe Jesus was born of a virgin, and Baha'is believe that Jesus came from God. But you know what they're all missing? They're missing the fact that they were in need of a Savior. Dan had talked last week, or two weeks ago, Dan, about our need, our greatest need. 
and our greatest need is Jesus Christ. And the only way that we are going to have him is to believe in him, to recognize that he is the suffering servant, and he is our substitution, and there is no other substitution except for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And from the beginning of time, God knew what we needed. And then he provided it. Not us, not anything that we could do, but he provided it. And he tells us about him in this book. From beginning to end, it is all about Jesus. How we are in need of a Savior, how the Savior comes, how he will come again, how we cannot do what only God could do. God is the one who had called us out of the darkness, has called us out of our sin, has called us out of our suffering, has called us out and conquered over death. But most of the time, it's in a whisper. You hear him calling? In 1 Kings 19 through 1 through 13, <clears throat> Jezebel had threatened Elijah, threatened to kill him because he destroyed the altars and was killing the prophets of Baal, false prophets. In fear for his life, he hid in a cave. The Lord called Elijah to come out of the cave and stand before him. There was a windstorm, an earthquake, and a fire. Yet Elijah did not find the Lord in any of these. But after the wind, the fire, or the earthquake and the fire, there was a gentle whisper. And Elijah knew and recognized it to be the Lord. And he came out and stood before him. Because Jesus, our Savior, is whispered throughout the whole Bible, sometimes we miss him. Sometimes we miss the message. Sometimes we miss that we need a Savior. Sometimes we miss that he is the only one who can save us. We are in caves sometimes, dark caves without light because of our sin, because of our shame. For many reasons, we hide in the caves. Fear. Today, I had a lot of fear. And boy, did I want to hide. I really did. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I really don't want to be up here today. I'm really not sure what direction you're sending me in, Lord. But he called me out of the cave, out of the darkness, out of my fear, and he said, stand before me. Know that I am God. And without me, you can do nothing. And you know what? I can't. And neither can we. But like Elijah, we are, call, we are in caves of darkness and fear. God is calling us out of our dark caves to stand before him in light. He wants to let us to know that we are in need of a Savior, that he loves us so much 
that he sent his only son, Jesus, to be our personal hero. And when we accept this great and mighty hero, he will deposit in us the still, small voice, that which is the Holy Spirit. Daryl, can you play Come to the Altar for me? Because I could stand up here and tell you about Jesus, tell you about the Savior, tell you about, and tell you, and tell you, and tell you. And my words may not be heard. Because the only one who's calling us is Jesus. Our Savior, our Lord, our provider, our substitute. He is the only one who calls us. And he calls us to come out of our suffering and out of our shame and to honor him by accepting Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up again because there is something that we are all going through. And like Dan had said, some of us know the Lord but some of us are still hiding in a cave. Some of us have come out of the caves, like Elijah. Elijah was a great prophet. But then he got scared and went back into the cave to hide for his life. Some of us are there. Some of us have hopes and dreams in our lives that only God can fill. I remember when I became a mom, I had waited 38 years to become a mom. And you know what I thought? I thought that becoming a mom would fulfill me, that would give me everything that I needed. That being a mom would make me a better wife, make me a better person, make me accepted in my family. Do you know, I was the last one to have children in my family. And yet I am like the third oldest out of five. But I thought those were the things that were going to fill me. But those aren't the things that fill us. You know, it's great being a mom, but there is nothing better than being a child of God. So as he plays this song, Come to the Altar, I ask that you come forward that you hear the calling, the whisper of Jesus calling you to come. Come.